the original Evil Dead that Jeff Stutzman stole from me. Uh, that was a great memory of mine. It's son of a bitch. Please, stop. I, I don't like to do the show when I have a heart on. From the land of macaroni, of course. They're all from the land of macaroni. Yay, I can hug it and watch it whenever I want and love it and call it my own. How does that sound? I cherish the memory of Cannibal Holocaust. Go rabid grandpas. I mean, we're talking just ass-slamming fun. <laughs> well, and, and literally the only time that I drink pop is when I'm drinking booze. Yeah. I, I like my whiskey and Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Oh, it used to be, yeah. It, it used to be regular Pepsi, but the Diet Pepsi is the only one that doesn't have that aspartame. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you ever considered like the, uh, like the, well, it's expensive, but like the Mexican Coke bottles? Those are like, that's cane sugar. They don't, that doesn't have high oh. fructose corn syrup. That has the, but you pay for that. Yeah. That's not cheap. I'd, I'd rather go with the juice. I'm getting my vitamin C. I'm healthy. Yeah. You yeah you're healthy. You're healthy. <laughs> Hmm. Cheers to your health. Takes mm. a big gulp of wine until I get into my gin. And I've got, see, I got, I got my juice here and I got a water bottle and that's kind of what I'm, I'm really getting, I'm doing very well with getting away from the diet with the pot. Yeah. It's just odd that for some reason, now that we're taping earlier, I like to go for my, it's almost like I feel better about myself drinking gin earlier in the evening. It's like, I, there is no logic at all to it. Uh, but it just works. It's like a, a nice, refreshing <laughs> urinal it's, cake. <laughs> it's the gentleman's alcoholic drink. Yeah, out of my flask, uh, sitting beside my glass of wine. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that. <laughs> yeah, might as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, how's it going? It's going good. Things are going quite well. Things are... Uh, are going good at the theater. Uh, just got a ton of stuff going on up there with booking stuff and um, uh, looking at booking a science fiction movie. Did I did I tell you about that movie, The Endless? No. What's that? Oh, I, maybe you said, was that the one you told me to watch the trailer of? Yeah. I, I didn't get around to that. Okay. I totally it's a, forgot. It's a culty sci-fi-ish thing. Uh, and it's coming out in April. Looks really good. And I'm going to probably, probably get it because I liked the director's... Uh, well, actually, the previous movie they did, I thought was okay, and I believe that you and Steve really liked it. That was the movie Spring. Spring. It's the one where this guy goes to another country, and uh, he hooks up with this creature, I guess. This lady, that this girl that turns into a creature. Uh, I, I don't know. I. That's not ringing any bells for me. Okay. Um, it was, it just, it turned a bit... Oh, how do I say it? Like, sad and depressing? I I don't know. I, I watched it once, and I just, it was very, very well made and well acted, but I didn't really like the way the story itself went for me personally, but the, I can tell that that's a, that directing duo is really good, and um, this one here looks, I just, I like the sci-fi, culty type stuff, and it's- Was it, it the, a 2014 movie? No, uh-uh. Okay, I'm on the wrong 2017, one. Hasn't, it hasn't been released yet. Oh, okay. The Endless- I'm talking about spring. Oh, spring. Oh, possibly. Okay. Possibly. I've never even heard of this movie. It was on Amazon Prime for a little while. Yeah. Nope. Not me. Maybe Steven, though. Yeah, it's it's uh the the guy in it is the uh, long haired guy from the Evil Dead remake. Okay. So, yeah, and he was really good in it. 
Cool. Anyway, there, there you go. How about you? Uh, yeah, not bad. Today was a pretty good day. I actually had a short day at work because of the weather, and I went on a little bit of a VHS buying binge, a very small one, but we'll, we will get into that later. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that has put a smile on my face for today. I, I, I nabbed a couple of things I was really tickled about, so... Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And actually, uh, I, I, one of my late night, should I or shouldn't I buy this, uh, which always ends in buy it, uh, <laughs> I have, I have, uh, the criterion of, uh, Silence of the Lambs heading my way. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, I've got the original Blu-ray and I'm gonna probably trade that in because I got a really good deal on this criterion, which I guess has a phenomenal picture and audio quality. And, uh, that movie has grown on me uh, the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it and like it. And I still think I prefer Hannibal just a bit more because of how just batshit crazy it is. But, uh, Silence of the Lambs, I, uh, I have come to appreciate more and more and see why it was nominated for and won Best Picture of the Year. Yeah. Now I assume that's the Blu-ray criterion you got. Yes. Okay. I have the Correct. DVD criterion. Oh, really? Okay. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. The original Blu-ray, which is, uh, that's the last time I watched it was on Blu-ray. And I remember it looking pretty good, but it was not one that leapt out at me like, wow, that's a great transfer. It's just a, it's one of those catalog title type transfers that you pick up for five or six bucks and there you go. But I'm um, looking forward to watching that one. I still remember when Silence of the Lambs came out. I knew nothing about that movie. That was around, I think that was the same year of Total Recall and like Gremlins 2. And I want to say 94? Oh, I think you're earlier than that. I think we're talking like 1990. I could be wrong. No, I, I, you might be right. You might be right. But I just remember uh, that movie came out and everybody was talking about it. And I remember... Uh, 91. 91, okay. Well, I remember when, you know, I was obvious. I was still in high school. And at this point, I was a full-on horror fan. I remember uh, my mom told me about uh, her, you know, some... Close friends of hers, they all went to see this movie that they had heard. And this was after it had, like, garnered all sorts of, you know, big, great reviews. And it was doing great box office numbers and all that stuff. And they already talk of, of awards. And they went to see it and they were just, they were appalled and mortified that, uh, that this movie, that something this awful would be getting any sort of accolades whatsoever. So immediately, of course, I'm like, um... <laughs> Oh, what's this movie again? So over to my buddy Tim's house. I'm like, Tim and your awesome mom, please take me to see Sons of the Lambs, which we did. And it was great. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, I yeah. had the opposite experience. I heard that it was so hardcore and crazy. and Which it's not. Uh, it, and then I went and watched it. And I was like, well, there's one scene where, you know. Yeah. But it's just a horses. Like, that's <laughs> uh, like, okay, you don't see that in a movie every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, I... I it's like, all right, I'm, yeah, it's some disturbing stuff, but it's not like, and I wasn't even watching horror movies at that point, you know? And yeah. I was like, all right, it's just a R-rated thriller cop thing. It's yeah. good, really good, but. Yeah. But oh, and, yeah, and I actually had the same, I had, oh, and I actually had the same, <laughs> I had the same thing as I was going through puberty. Yes, you reverted back to your prepubescent yeah. state yeah, of my, when you actually watched the movie. Yeah, my old self. It's uh, <laughs> a really good movie. <laughs> But I do remember that that whole experience, and I think the fact that I was watching it, like, and I knew that my there was already people that were like, "Ooh, this is a bad movie, and it should not be getting that kind of 
accolades. And I'm like, even though I remember thinking, well, this isn't okay. Like you said, it's a fantastic movie, but like, what? It's not just this gore fest or whatever, but still it's, a little myself, it's a little, yeah, it's a little different when people tell you like, Oh my gosh, this movie is called evil dead and it's so gory and crazy. And then you go watch one of my first horror movies and it lives up to it being gory and crazy the whole time. Or especially in the second half, watching that movie, like my skin's crawling. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. And then I watch silence of the lambs where everybody's like, it's so dark and crazy and whatever. It's built up so much that by the time, you know, you sit down and watch it, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But something about just like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> getting away with things, <laughs> getting away with things, which, yeah, was yeah, fairly pathetic to begin with, but whatever. <laughs> there we go. I really, Leia, shut up. I don't know what she's barking at. Whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you ready to get on with the show? Let's do it. All right, let's move on to the roulette and dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough, as we do each and every week. And last episode, it was Radius up against The Ritual. Uh, and I get to go first. Um, Radius. An amnesiac... Oh, how do you say that? An I don't amnesiac know. man discovers that anyone who comes within a 50-foot radius of him dies instantly. And that is the, not only the synopsis, but I think it was the tagline for this movie, which I, that's what it said on IMDb. So if that's your tagline and your synopsis, like that's what's on the poster, that one sentence, we should be finding out, or his character should be figuring out what's going on fairly quickly, right? Because your audience already knows. Yeah. They're they're telling you that right up front. The next, it sure felt like about 50 minutes was him, huh? What's going on? Uh, all these people are dying around me. No, no, stay back. I can't figure out what's going on. Everybody keeps dropping dead around me. Why? Looking contemplatively at the horizon for slow, sweeping shots, wondering where my place is and what's happening with me. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And then we finally get to the third act and things finally get moving. And... At the climax of the third act, there's an interesting twist that almost saves the movie. I mean, it is a twist no one could see coming. I didn't see it coming. And it turns the movie almost to a horror film, which I was like, oh, Eugene would appreciate this. Oh, yes, he would. Um, I really liked that, and I, I thought it wrapped up very well. It was all competently shot for a low-budget film. It had some really interesting ideas. All that being said, this is one of those movies that falls into that category of, uh, is it a slow burn, or should this have been a 30-minute short film? Gotcha. Now, for you, in particular, this might be a good slow burn. For me, I was like, let's go. We already know, if you're going to tell the audience up front what's going on with this 50-foot radius bullshit and it was bullshit because at the end they never came up with a reason i'm gonna spoil i'm not spoiling really anything but i'm kind of spoiling it um the reason that he has this thing is because of lightning from space that bounced off a satellite and hit him but they never explain why or what that has to do with anything it is the it is a lazy writing thing it's just like oh mystery lightning from space bounced off a satellite and hit a random couple in a truck okay they never explain that at all, so I'm not spoiling anything with that. But as, uh, um, 
the amnesia kind of wears off and they discover what is going on, what is really going on in the third act, that stuff's really interesting. It just takes an hour to get there. I I still think you should keep this in the queue and maybe give it a shot, just go in knowing that, because I think the third act might be a big enough payoff for you, horror guy, that yeah. you might still think it's a good slow burn thing. I, I would still kind of be a little surprised. I, I, I don't know. It just... It's hard for me to scream, oh, you should have cut 15 minutes out of this movie when it's 93 minutes long. Because then you don't have a full-length movie and you're caught in limbo. On yep. the other hand, you could have made a 30-40... There's a 30-40-minute movie in here that's that rocks. <laughs> so this almost sounds like it could have been, like, if they would have maybe done a 30-minute movie and had more of a VHS-type approach to it. No, I just use that as an example. Yeah. An anthology. Like, this would have been a really good part of an anthology. I mean, po- possibly, but on the other hand, that might not quite have been enough time because there was enough cool stuff in there. It's really, it needed another layer of something in there to make it a full 90-minute movie. It just You have to be intrigued it. enough where I'll probably watch it. Check it out, but I would yeah. do it as a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even the, the stuff where they're like, contemplating the horizon looks beautiful, but I'm like, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're at the 50 minute mark and we're still just like, Oh, I'm trying to, what's going on? Like you can't tell everybody up front. That's what's going on and, and try to have it be a mystery for the people in the movie. Maybe that's a shitty complaint or criticism, but I, I don't know. It just the whole th- and part I, full disclosure. I had a stack of shit here that I want to watch and I'm on a tear of VHS movies that I'm just, I'm loving. And the, I, it's, it's fucking Sunday, and I gotta watch my roulette, because to, I know I might be recording tomorrow. And yep. it's just like, oh, here comes 93 minutes, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to do this, but, yeah, so, maybe I was being impatient, and maybe it's fine. I look forward to hearing what you think of it. Okay. So the production values were good on it, and, like, technically it was a... They were all fine for a low-budget movie. I, I thought okay. they were all utilized very well for a low-budget movie. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, it sounds good to you. I've been, uh, there's numerous times where you're, you're talking about a roulette and uh, like a couple of weeks later, I'm like, huh? I don't remember if you saw that or not, but this one here, I might have to check that one out. Give it a treadmill. Okay. Um, now over to lucky bastard number two, the ritual. Go ahead and tell me about this movie that I watched. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it fucking was. Oh, man. I was mad at you the entire time I was watching oh, it. This will be really hard to uh, to beat this entire year. This is straight up theatrical quality. Uh, really, this is my type of horror movie. Like, similar to The Witch. Uh, just, this is good slow burn with just enough cool things sprinkled throughout the entire runtime to where it builds up to this insane climax much like the witch it's actually it's faster paced than the witch and it's it's nothing that it's nothing like the witch in that it, the, the story itself but it reminded me of it in that they're in the des- desolate oh wilderness. i thought of the witch numerous times watching this movie okay, numerous good. times and i'm like oh the bastard's watching the witch as a roulette yeah. and i yeah. watch this 50 foot <laughs> radius bullshit that's great <laughs> so uh david bruckner uh also and this is why I picked this movie is he also did The Signal, several segments from VHS and Southbound, which is fantastic. Uh, so like right off the bat, I'm like, okay, solid director moving up in the, you know, in the directing world. Uh, real quick here, the synopsis of the story is group of, well, 
a tragedy happens in the beginning, which is quite brutal in my opinion, and it sets the stage for what is to come. And right away I got the descent type feel. Uh, just with the accents and the, this is all like, is it taking place in Ireland or um, the uh, UK somewhere? Um, but it, it just kind of reminded me a bit of of the descent until we get into the gist of the story and what's going on. I'm not going to spoil the movie because it's it's too good to spoil. However, I will give just little Little thoughts, uh, especially very vague thoughts about the end. Uh, the end, it, at one point I'm like, you might lose me here, depending on which way you go. But then they went full on how I was hoping they would go and just... They went this- home run. They yeah. went they went yard, out into the yes. parking lot they hit Yes, because I'm like, oh, please don't do vague horror, but just go... You're, you're this far, go for it. Just go for it. And they did. They went for it. With uh, incredible special effects for the budget of this movie, which I'm assuming is probably fairly—I don't want to say low budget. It, like I said, this is theatrical quality material here. Uh, it's hard for me to talk more about the movie, but this is straight up horror. Well done horror. Well acted horror. I got why they were, why the characters did certain things. It progressed the story really well, and then it built up to. The, like I said, the end that could have gone one way and been like, nah, come on. But it went the way I wa- personally wanted it to go, thoroughly satisfied. I'm already looking forward to rewatching this one. And uh, it, it feels like one that I could see myself watching like every year for a little while, which is rare for a roulette, very much. But this is, yep, that was a gem in the rough right there. That's why we do the roulette. <laughs> I echo everything that you said, especially the stuff with the third act where it was like, this has got to pay off a certain way. Because yeah. they've alluded to a couple of things. I'm not going to say what, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But they allude to a couple of things along the way. And it paid off for me in spades. In spades. Mm. I was like, oh my god. I, I The only thing I could hold as a negative maybe would be, boy, I wish we would have had more of that in the second act instead of, whoops, excuse me, uh, just the third act. You know what I mean? I want to see more and more and more. But the, it's that Jaws effect where if you see it too much throughout the movie, it loses its thing. Yeah. I just I like that there was like a dash of the descent and a dash of Blair Witch yep. and uh, but it was still its own unique thing and they went a unique route so but it, and the witch like there's uh, some really good horror stuff in here from other movies but done its own unique way and I man that's a good movie uh, even though I kind of turned a corner on the signal um, watching this movie I was like oh I like you so much I'm going to keep that movie yes I am. <laughs> And sometime you're going to watch Southbound, because that is a damn good movie. I went to watch it in October, and it was off of Netflix. Like, I was looking forward to watching it. I was saving it for that, and then it was yeah. removed. So I, Yeah, I think it's still on Amazon Prime, but I, if that ever gets a... I'm not sure if it got a Blu-ray release or not, but that's one that I would like to have in my collection. It's a good enough movie. This is better than that, by the way. And even though, like, that's really good, but this is better. Cool. Uh, it was... Oh, I, I literally watched it just angry. Just angry that you got to watch this as a roulette. I was like, oh, you prick. And I was like, I'm going to find some real roulette things for you this week. Speaking of which, let's move on, shall we? Yes. <laughs> okay, coming your way. Blood money. Three friends on a wilderness trip find bags full of cash and must evade the criminal who hid the money in the first place. Starring John Cusack, Eller Coltrane, Willa Fitzgerald, and directed by... Lucky McGee! <laughs> hey, you really liked uh, the woman, so... 
coming your way. I just thought it was going to be a John Cusack direct video action-y thing, but uh, you and you and Lucky McGee are friends, so there you go. Uh, next up, Night World. A former LAPD officer takes a job as a security chief at an old apartment complex in Bulgaria where he's tormented by inexplicable events. Starring Jason London and Robert Englund. Uh, and I watched the trailer for this one, and I actually turned it off two-thirds of the way through, because I was like, that's fair enough for a roulette. Looked interesting. And lastly, and most likely the one you're going to pick, The Annihilator's Action Force, 1985 on YouTube. Upon his return from Vietnam, an ex-soldier finds his neighborhood has deteriorated badly. And it... Well, that is bad grammar. Poorly. <laughs> Bigly. Bigly. Um, I, I was actually going to make a joke about Bigly later in the show, you prick, and now you stole oh. it from me. <laughs> finds his neighborhood deteriorated poorly and is being terrorized by a vicious street gang. He calls some of his C- oh, Judas. He calls some of his CGI buddies, calls some of his GI buddies, and together they hatch a plan to get rid of the gang. And the tagline for this movie is, For them, the Vietnam War wasn't hell. It was practice. Oh, right. And the reason I'm throwing this on there is because our good buddy Steven did a piece of magic for me this week in that I happened to mention on the show last week that uh, there, one of the movies that I can't find that I remember a scene of is a guy in a wheelchair getting his head bashed in with a meat tenderizer. I have Googled this movie and the scene many, 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 many times, and I've never been able to track it down. And in two seconds, he... I guess popped on there and was like, oh, here's your wheelchair meat tenderizer death scene. And it's on YouTube. I went and rewatched it and I was like, that is definitely it. Checked off the list. My brain nice. can relax. I okay. loved it. But it definitely has a feel of a uh, Death Wish 3 canony kind of thing. I don't know. How, I only watched that scene again. I'm planning on rewatching this movie. The transfer on YouTube was pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, and it's right up your alley of this kind of shit, so, uh, I'm very curious to see your thoughts of it. I'm sure we'll hear them next, I'm gonna see your thoughts of it, because that makes any sense. I'll hear them <laughs> next week, more than likely. Over to you. Okay, <clears throat> and heading your way, first up is American Fable, 2016. After 11-year-old Giddy discovers a man who can grant wishes hiding in her family's silo, she is forced to choose between saving the man's life and protecting her family. Uh, gets pretty good reviews I from what I see, and it's interesting premise. It's a thriller, not a horror, so just bear that in mind, depending on what you decide. Um, next up is uh, Last Rampage, uh, starring Robert Patrick. Uh, T-1000. True story of the infamous prison break. Uh, didn't I throw this your way before? We both have. All right. Well, there it yep. is again. And last but not least is Message from the King, uh, which we've thrown that on the list as well. This is probably your safest pick. However, it just depends on if that's what you're in the mood for, because this is... I don't know how heavy of subject matter this is. Mysterious outsider from South Africa named Jacob King arrives in Los Angeles to avenge his younger sister's death. Uh, and actually, uh, let me just, uh, I didn't realize this, but the director of this, this could change what you, what you pick. Um, Fabrice DeWels, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He made Calvaire and Vignan, and I'm pretty sure you didn't like Calvaire. Oh, I own Calvert. Are you sure? Yeah, that's that crazy French movie where he's running around in his tidy whities right? Um, 
the, they're in the woods and like everybody thinks he's like a Christ-like figure. Uh, okay, I'm looking this up right now. I if this is the movie, okay. it's 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 not uh, Vincent Cassel. Oh, this is the pig fucking movie. This is the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that piece of shit. Yeah, that I love, of course. Of course. But keep that in mind. Um, I'm still going to take message from the king. I'll, I'll die okay. on it. Okay. The trailer looked awesome. It looked like an action thriller movie, and uh, isn't the guy from Black Panther, I think, is the lead in it, maybe? Maybe? Uh, um, Chadwick Boseman? Yep. Yeah. There you go. I, it, the trailer looked awesome, so I'm yeah, going to watch that one. That's probably a pretty safe pick. I would and if it's going to be a Netflix release like that, I'm sure they're not going to be fucking pigs. Like, Yeah, no. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately for Eugene. <laughs> yes. Or speaking French. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. As much as I would like to pick The Annihilators, and I'm going to get into the reason why I'm not going to pick that with our recently watched... Uh, I'm actually going to take Night World, just because Robert Englund's in it, which probably means nothing but... Yeah. It was very roulette that yeah. trailer. Yeah, I know. You'll see why I'm not picking The Annihilators uh, soon. Now, having said that, I do want to see that movie. I'm sure it's going to be good, but we'll get into that in Recently Watched. All righty. Well, there you have it. Next week, yeah. it will be Message from the King up against Night World. <laughs> That name is, even that name is awful. It is, but, and I don't, uh, the trailer was like, it, it's enough, it's good enough for a roulette. It might be okay. We will see. Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm stunned and shocked. Oh. Mm. Like I said, yep. <laughs> there's going to be a, there's going to be a common thread through a lot of the recently watched. Um, so. Oh, my, mine too. <laughs> Just pour myself another beverage here for the the second half of our show. The next segment of our show, we're just doing a little rabbit trail here, and I ha- here's what prompted this for me. As I said, I went on a little bit of a VHS tear uh, buying today because I, I just stopped at a couple of shops, uh, a Goodwill and another thrift store, and I, I nailed nailed some shit that I was really looking forward to. You know, they're perfect VHSs for my collection. And I thought it was funny that I'm coming home with a bag full of VHSs because we took bags and bags of them and traded them in uh, when we were going to DVD. Am I regressing? I don't know. I just, it's just cool to have some of this shit and I can get it so damn cheap right now that I just, it, it I got to tell you, I watched a couple today and uh, a couple in the recently watched from this weekend. VHS, it, it, I have fallen in love with buying these things again because it's become a hunt. I gotta like look for them. They're hard to find. And as a comic book collector, that's what it's all about. We love the hunt. And I, now I'm hunting for movies again. It, it got so easy with the birth of the internet that you just go to Amazon and find any damn movie. Well, it's hard to find some of these things on VHS. And it's really cool to hold them in your hand. Much like the laser discs that, you know, have the big, huge record size. Some of these, the artworks on, on these VHSs, are, you don't see them anymore. Yeah. And so it's cool to have a real vintage, movie from 1980. It's just, I don't know. I, I love it. And uh, because some of the ones that I've been watching lately, the transfers have been, I'm not going to say the transfers have been great, but the film has been working fine. Remember I talked about having that problem with Firewalker. I couldn't, I wanted to review it. I teased reviewing it. And then I couldn't get through half of it because it, the tracking was so bad. Like the film had just been aged out. It did. It almost didn't work on the TV. 
Today, I found another copy of Firewalker. Am I going to let that shit slip through my fingers? Hell no. I said for 50 cents. Nope. I snapped that bitch up because hopefully this one's in a little better shape and I'll actually be able to watch the thing all the way through. And if not, I, I'll give it to somebody. I'll give it to you. Whatever. Wouldn't you like to have a copy of Firewalker? It's just, I love seeing these canon movies on VHS stacked up beside each other. That, that just makes me happy. Um, anyway, I, I, I got like seven or eight. VHSs today and it was wonderful, but it, it uh, brought to mind, you know, some of these things are really valuable because they become rare. And so we've had this conversation before, but I figured it's been long enough that I don't remember and I just kind of want to talk about it again. So I like what, that. Yep. What is the most valuable movie that you own? And I don't mean just valuable, like, okay, financially, yes, but also personally, like, I love that I have this in my collection. Like, there are certain things that I watched on... Sundance, uh, the Sundance channel in the nineties that was like, I don't know if I'll ever see that thing because we didn't have the internet at the time. So it wasn't like you could just Amazon some VHS or DVD. So it was like, Oh my God, I saw this movie called seven samurai. Holy shit. You know, I can go to Best Buy and I can go to all these places and try and find it. But you know, it was a hunt back then when in the VHS days, everything was a hunt, especially maybe it's just for us in Ohio (laughs) where we're an hour away from everything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that it was so hard to track this shit down, but I don't know for us, it meant something. And the hunt is the best part of being a collector. Agreed. Agreed. And and see, see like some of the things that, that at one point were like really, really prized possessions are at this point, even like kind of worthless. Um, and I have them on blue right now, but back then, you know, they were really hard to get your hands on. Like I literally had, and I've, I think I've talked about this on my own show uh, back in the day. And even our show, it was, you know, you send in your money order and you just hope that in six weeks or two months later that you're going to see some bootleg VHSs show up at your door, you know, at, the, at your door. And so those at one point, that was those were like kind of the holy grail of stuff that I owned. Uh, now, having said that, I still own them. They're still buried in a box somewhere, but ah, whatever, they're. They're a great memory for me, but I think I've got almost all of them on Blu-ray now. And so they're, and they were. Well, and that's bootleg. fine. And, but you're never going to get rid of those VHSs that you've never. ordered no. out of the catalog. That's amazing. Cause you're yeah. a little old, older than me. So I didn't quite, I wasn't quite old enough for that. I never ran into that issue. Yeah. That was like, that was in the back of Fangoria magazine. There was this company called Midnight Video and they were putting out, you know, uh, the Beyond, Lucio, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond and Cannibal Holocaust and uh, New York Ripper and all these like crazy gore fest movies that I had only seen little pictures of in Fangoria and just heard rumblings about these movies uh, that were usually like heavily edited on VHS uh, here. And so like I, I would have to drive like to Dover or like I'd have to drive far to just even rent the R-rated versions of these on VHS. And then I find out about this company that, hey, you send us X amount of dollars on, you know, money order or check, whatever, and you're going to get these movies. And I mean, oh, rabid grannies. And I got all sorts <laughs> of crazy, crazy stuff. And it, they were not cheap. They were not cheap. And they just came with, you know, they came with a, uh, a sticker on the VHS itself that just white sticker with title of movie. That's it. But I still have them, and I like pretty much every single one of those turned out to be a gem. I 
don't recall any of them being flat out duds. Uh, I was appalled by Cannibal Holocaust the first time I, I saw that at a way, way too young age. But it was like, how does this exist? Like, I, what? Who made this? Yeah, it was great, of course. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, I cherish those memory. Like, how does that sound? I cherish the memory of Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> sounds uh, like a title I, of an episode is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> 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 no, I totally know what you're talking about. I, I really do. I, I remember the first time I rented uh, Akira and was kind of, I, I, that, I mean, at the time I wasn't like, I was blown away by it, but I wasn't like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. It took, a, you know, a dozen watches for me to get there. But yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Where can I find more of this? And finding yeah. anime around here? Oh boy. Good yeah. luck. And for and for me, it was like these were like twenty bucks a piece. And back then, I I was, I wasn't just broke. Like I was in debt. But it was like I'm buying these movies. And then it was like, what if they don't show up? What am I going to do? I have no recourse really. And but they always did. And it took a long time. And even then, I had to make sure that I was the one to get the mail because otherwise, yeah, yeah. why are you getting a box and and what's in there? Well, then I would have been screwed. Yeah, uh, but oh, it yeah. all yep. it all worked out, and I still have them. <laughs> That's fantastic, and their Blu-ray counterparts. Sometime. Yeah, they're 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 cool. Especially, actually, the uh, Rabbit Grannies. Uh, from what I hear, Troma released that on Blu-ray, and I heard the transfer is so bad that the VHS is actually better. Well, I happen to own that VHS, and it's buried somewhere in my basement oh, uh, awesome. from Midnight Video from back in my high school days. So that's awesome. So anyway, well, in that vein. One of the things, some of the things that are prizes in my collection are, you know, Akira on Blu-ray, that finally getting a decent Blu-ray transfer. And there's only so much you can do with 80s animation, like hand-drawn stuff. Uh, but the sound is where they vastly improved. And I think it's still a 5-1 DTS, but the sound is, it's amazing. Even though it's still kind of grainy on the video, it's a wonderful Blu-ray. So it's one of those things that's kind of a gem. Same with uh, Ghost in the Shell. I have the uh, unaltered Blu-ray, the one that they did not change mm-hmm. the color scheme of. And I'm so happy to have that. Um, they released Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray, which I immediately bought like the week it came out, because it's just one of those things that I want to grab and hug. Like, this is mine forever, get away from me. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to- the power of Christ compels you, maybe? I don't, I don't know what they're barking at. Shut up! I'm trying to talk about Blu-rays! <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it. We've got an update for you. Of course you do, laptop. Yeah. As your computer just melts into this big oh, glob no, see, of this. It was, it was the recording computer last time. Now this week it's the Skype computer. <sighs> Snooze, go away. Okay, um, yeah. what was I saying? Oh yeah, uh... Anyway, those are the ones that I'm just like, I'm so glad to have them in a good, beautiful, cleaned up version. These are things that I bought on VHS and then DVD and then happily again on Blu-ray because I want them the best possible quality that I can have them. These these are pinnacles of what I think cinema, my cinema favorites are. So it's easy for me to just snap them up like nothing. Same way you do with a lot of slashery stuff and whatnot. Now, and I know that it's not really as much your thing as it is mine, but I do know that you have the big box of Dr. Butcher compliments of me. Um, and that is a list. Okay. I was going to say, cause that, okay. I don't want to steal your thunder, but, um, those are becoming collector. Well, they're not becoming, they are collector's items. Those, those are, it's the only big box that I have in my collection. Sadly, I look everywhere for them and I can't find them. 
Yeah. It's the only one that I have in my collection. That's why I, I prize that more than the movie. You should, because you know I mean? it's, it's probably it's, worth it's a lot of money. Yeah. I think like 50 bucks, 50, 80 bucks. It's okay. not mind blowing money. The other, another one that's on my list is the, the Lost Highway laser disc that you gave me. Even though that you can get a pan and scan version of it on DVD and whatnot, it's still like, I, I don't know. I just love that I have that. Uh, other, okay, here, I'll just go down my list. The, um, the Batman, the animated series, and the X-Men 90s animated series. I have both of those complete series. And those were staples of my childhood. Things that I thought, you know, again, people that didn't live through the home media revolution, it's just always been there for them. But for mm-hmm. us, it was like, we're never going to see this again. So you watch it on TV and that's it. It's gone. Unless you manage to tape it. If you were lucky enough to have a VCR. If you were lucky. Yeah. And yep. so having those and being able to go back to them again every time, it just, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's like, I feel it in my chest. I'm seven years old again. It's wonderful. Um, the Evil, De- Evil Dead Special Edition Anchor Bay clamshell thing that I have. I thought, man, this has got to be rare, right? No, you can get it for about five bucks. But um, it still holds a special place in my heart because it's it was at that time where Anchor Bay was the king of the rare shit, and every time they put something out, you wanted to get it. And it was the last, I think it was the last VHS of Evil Dead that they put out. I think they put out 11 copies since then. On, <laughs> on every format. Yeah, yes. every format possible. But those are ones that really, they're just, Personally, I'm so glad to have those in my collection that I can own them and watch them whenever I want. I have access to some of the, what I think is, you know, the greatest films of all time. But the one that I have that might be worth the most is the Fright Night laser disc signed by Roddy McDowell. And That's I have awesome. No idea what that thing is worth, but I was looking into the Star Wars. I have the Star Wars laser discs, the original letterbox ones. It's mm-hmm. the only way you can watch the originals in letterbox. Or widescreen, whatever you want to call it, uh, and the unaltered versions. So I went to look and see how much they're worth, and it's not a ton. They're between, like, 20, 30 bucks a piece. Not bad for a Laserdisc these days. But if I get them signed by somebody who worked on the movie, then the price shoots up a little, a little bit. It goes uh, about 800 to $1,600. Yeah. I'm talking random people. David Prowse, Anthony Daniels. It doesn't matter. If you get somebody who worked on those movies, apparently suddenly the price tag goes through the roof. I don't know if anybody's paying that, but that's just what they're doing on eBay. Yeah. So I'm still going to hold on to those. I'll never let those go. But if I would ever get the chance to get them signed. <laughs> but as it is, I'm, I'm sure that Fright Night laser, even uh, without the signature, I think it was like 30 bucks maybe. But with the signature, I mean, come on, that's got to make the price go up considerably. Oh, yeah. What about you? Agree. Uh, so I've got some uh, some other stuff here that um, kind of goes along with what you were saying. Now, I do want to say, apart from movies, um, one of my most prized collectible possessions that I have, uh, other than, you know, I have some action figure stuff, the new Silent Night, Deadly Night, Billy from the Scream Factory. That's cool. And some of the stuff that you've got me already. Uh, Jason, Leatherface, Scream Guy. That's cool, but the ticket stub for Nirvana is one of my most prized possessions, and I still have people that are like, 
you saw Nirvana in concert? I'm like, not only did I see Nirvana, it was on Halloween and I was in the pit. And I have the ticket to prove it. Oh, and that, man. like, I know that it's not movie related, but I will never, as long as I live, that is actually going to be, like, my ticket stubs will be passed down to my kids. Uh, but that ticket in particular, like, that is a collectible item for me. Oh, hell so. yeah, it is. I, that was one of the bands that I wish so bad I could have seen them in Rage Against the Machine. Back yeah. in their heyday. And then, yeah, they broke up, and now they kind of do these, we're still around, remember? And then they're mm-hmm. gone, you know. Yeah. Good luck getting into one of those shows, especially in Ohio. Yes, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, as far as movies go, I'll start off with uh, VHS. And I don't have, I got rid of a lot of my VHS and Laserdiscs. Uh, and DVDs, because it just seems like I keep on like, oh, now it's Blu-ray. And, but I still, there's some that I, I gotta hang on to just because they mean a lot to me, uh, either from a financial aspect or just what they're worth to me as a historical artifact in my life. And, uh, starting with VHS, I have, uh, Friday the 13th part seven and eight signed by Kane Hodder on VHS. Uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got uh, I got those signed at the same time that I got another thing that I'll be talking about. Uh, I got those two VHSs signed. So I've got. I, I never do that. I don't know if you ever told me that. Yeah, I've got um, uh, New Blood and Jason Takes Manhattan signed by Kane Hodder on my on my VHS copies, and they're in pretty good shape too. Nice. They're stored away in a box right now. Uh, so that's those are really cool. And uh, also with v, with regards to VHS, I also have the original release of uh, Faces of Death and the original clamshell like it's been released several times and it's even on Blu-ray but way 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 back in the day it was released in this plastic clamshell case and I watched the movie I used to work at this video store and he actually gave it to me he was like you know the tape is it's it was it rented it was rented so many times that it finally just started to get almost unplayable so he just gave it to me. So it's still like the last time that I remember putting it into a VHS player, it still played, but the beginning was all messed up during the fantastic uh, autopsy scene you see with doc- <laughs> Dr. Francis B. Gross. Uh, <laughs> I, anyway. I know that that one is, is all of the Faces of the Death originals are routinely on all of the VHS collector sites. They're, everybody's – that's a – uh, bucket list VHS collector thing. Yeah. And I'm just curious, like, where, because this, I believe that this was before even, like, the cardboard boxes, whatever. This is, this is old school. Uh, it's amazing how often that movie was rented out. Man. But anyway, so I think that that's pretty cool that I've got that. But as far as other VHS tapes, most of them are, like, you know, Star Trek, which isn't really worth anything, or just random horror stuff that's already now, like, that's available now on Blu-ray or whatever, that it's probably not worth a whole lot, but it's, it's got good memories for me. When I see them, I'm like, oh, I remember when I, when I got that, and I had, like, the original Evil Dead that Jeff Stutzman stole from me, uh, that was a <laughs> great memory of mine. That son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, well, if you move closer to him, maybe you can go to his house and try and get a hold of it. Mm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, but they've released 32 Blu-rays of it since then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, there's a couple other cool things like the, uh, the original Friday or the original Nightmare on Elm Street part five, the dream child. Uh, that was, that was released on VHS uncut, but subsequent releases on DVD and Blu-ray are the cut R-rated version, which takes out some good gore in it. But it's just odd that 
The VHS still has that in, but uh, we're not going to go there with the DVD or the Blu-ray. So I still have that. I think that's kind of cool. And yeah, and coming back to uh, Silence of the Lambs, was the Criterion version a little more R-rated? I kind of feel like it... Maybe I'm confusing it. Boy, I don't know. I'm not release. I thought there was maybe another minute in or something. Of Silence of the Lambs? I didn't know if there was any added stuff to that or not. I, it's hard for me to imagine that there would be. I think it was... Oh, man. I, I, I want to say it was like a minute or something. So maybe I'm thinking of... Uh, Armageddon or The Rock or something. I, I just know one of those big releases, the Criterion version was uh, just had like a smidge more in it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's that's the VHS for me. Moving on from VHS is Laserdisc. Now, stupidly, stupidly, I sold most of my Laserdiscs, except a handful that I'm like, you know, just hang on to these. Uh, those would be the Blood Red Evil Dead 2 Laserdisc, that the, the disc itself is red. I think it's just, it's gorgeous. I, I love that thing. Made a wise decision holding on to that one. Yep, and I uh, I even like that the, the original cover art is on that with the, the skull with the eyeball looking at you. Uh, and then the, the main one for me is Jason Goes to Hell, which is signed by Kane Hodder. And that probably is, uh, as far as movies go, that's probably my most prized movie that I own is that, uh, just because it's a laser disc of a not very popular movie that's signed by Kane Hodder. I think that is really, really cool. Cause I'm guessing that there's a way, a lot more VHSs out there of that series versus laser discs of that series, especially that one. So I think that's really cool. I've got, uh, Saving Private Ryan that is sealed. That's the last laser disc that I bought. And that was at the end of the laser discs. That was when laser discs were coming to an end, and I bought that, and I'm like, you know, even though that was expensive, why don't I just not open that? So I have a sealed Saving Private Ryan. It may be worthless, but you never know. Eh, All these know. things come back around, man. You never know. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I didn't know you never opened it. Yeah, it's sealed. My my Nightmare on Elm Street is the uncut version on laser disc, uh, which sub- subsequent releases are cut, and the main thing that they cut out of. The movie is where Tina is upside down, like on top of the ceiling, and Freddy is slashing her all up, and then she falls under the bed. In the Laserdisc version, it shows her hitting the bed, and just blood just gushes everywhere. Whereas the DVD release and the Blu-ray release, they cut that scene out. And I think that that might be the only scene that's cut, but it's cool that the Laserdisc includes that. So, there's that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and then I've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre Parts 1 and 2. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 1, I paid $85 for that uh, Laserdisc. And it's a two-disc, or it's like a big... It's it's like one of those collectible vinyls that you can get now, where you open it up and it like pulls, like it folds out, and there's a huge picture of the Sawyer family, and it was like the best that movie ever had looked, and bl- all sorts of special features, and it was like the definitive version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I still have that... It may not be worth anything, but I will never, ever get rid of that because that's the most expensive Laserdisc that I ever bought. That was not cheap. That's another thing that most people don't remember. If you didn't grow up at that time and this in this time and place, that media, the home media that you were able to finally get your hands on, it was all so expensive. Oh, it was crazy. It, dude, it, it was, was tw- 20 bucks for a VHS. We did that routinely, routinely. And that was a that was when it became affordable when, when it came down yeah. to 20 bucks. <laughs> It was, it was. I mean, uh, always. Every episode, I see, I seem to bring this movie up. But Top Gun was the first, 
<laughs> I, I passed it, on a VHS of Top Gun today, an original. Ah, come on. Nah. Buy that. Buy that shit. Uh, that was the first sell-through VHS. That was the one that began the let's release VHS affordable to the general public back in 87 or 88, whenever they became available on VHS. Yeah. But before then, it was man, whatever you could was, record off TV. They would show movies yeah. on, on, like regular networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and then, and they're heavily edited. And then you could, you know, yep. you could record them yourself. And yep. which was amazing. Cause they, they had like, uh, what was it? Disney Family Night would show us. I, I watched the Flight of the Navigator that we taped off TV for years. Years. <laughs> That's how I watched John Carpenter's The Thing, Empire Strikes Back, a handful of movies. I'm like, I would watch those things over. And over and over and over on my taped network television VHS's Halloween 2, which was, it was a com- almost a completely different movie from what the theatrical version of that was. Right. But man, it was good times, man. <laughs> Just to sneak that stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah. And this feeds into what has, uh, you know, been fueling my resurgence into buying VHS again. It's just, it's been wonderful. Uh, the hunt has been, has made it, I don't know. It, it's it's reignited me into buying a more physical media again because I can get it so cheap, and because all these classic covers. I bought Conan the Barbarian was one of the movies that I bought today. I just couldn't pass it up. I think I might have owned it on VHS and then traded it in, going, "I'm going to buy this on DVD," and never got around to it. And I never got around to buying it on Blu-ray. And then I came across it for fifty cents, and that cover art that I want a poster of so bad. It's the best cover art. Of that movie ever. I mean, there's been other cover art for that movie, but that's the best. That's I couldn't let it go. Fifty cents. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm taking this home yeah. and I'm gonna watch. I still it. have that one, by the way. I still have that on VHS. Awesome. That is one of the that and I believe Destroyer. I still have both of those on VHS. I couldn't part with those because just exactly the reason that you said that cover art is so great. Yep. I, I came across Missing in Action two today, and the the cover was all torn up but I could tape it back together. So I was like, I'm still going to get it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I got to check and make sure the right tape is in because you never know. So I pulled it out. It was missing in action one. Mm-hmm. So I got missing in action one and missing in action two cover. I just put it back on the shelf. It's like, I want both of these, but I don't want to deal with this problem because I'm just going to have to rebuy both of them. <laughs> it doesn't do me any you good. Won't, you will not believe this. I almost watched missing in action part two last night. <laughs> part two. That's the, I had it on... The t- on the chair beside me, but then I picked something else, which we'll get into and recently watched. Uh, hey, another now- another coincidence is that I almost bought Wayne's World VHS for fifty cents, and today is the an- like the twenty sixth anniversary of Wayne's World being released. Wow, that old! Oh, that makes me feel old. I think that's what it was. I, I the only reason I didn't pull the trigger on that one was because I think that's at least worth a DVD. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen it since probably the VHS days, but me either. Great movie. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's all I have for Rabbit Trail. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Or Yes, real quick before we wrap this up, um, because obviously you know that I am a Blu-ray collector. I have, I'm more of a Blu-ray collector than I ever was a VHS, Laserdisc, or DVD collector by far. Like I, I am legit, I love Blu-ray, uh, collecting these Blu-rays, especially because as we've talked about on the show, there's been so many of these smaller companies that have come up 
and licensed these really obscure movies and cleaned them up to where this is what it looked like, or even better than it looked like when it was originally shown in theaters, or, or maybe never got a theatrical release at all. And uh, while I love the nostalgia of VHS and DVD, even it's it's you know and Laserdisc, whatever, it's cool to see these movies looking theatrical ready, like like legit theatrical ready. And so I just, it's been a resurgence for me with collecting um, much more so than the other formats. Uh, but having said that, <clears throat> my, uh, I've got, and I think you have some too. I know you do. Uh, you know, obviously with physical media, things come and go as far as being in print. And sometimes uh, the, the distributor, the, the license is only for a couple of years or whatever. And then they lose, they lose the rights to license that movie out and they go, it reverts back to its original owner or whatever. Uh, a lot of these smaller labels, that's what they're dealing with is they will, they will license a movie from Universal or Paramount or you, any, you name it. Yeah. Um, or even sometimes it's just like a random person that owns the movie, like a producer or a, you know, the director owns the rights to his movie or someone's cousin or whatever. It's literally, <laughs> it gets weird how, how, some of these obscure movies, you have to track it down and, you know, legally obtain the rights to, to remastering it or whatever. But, uh, having said all that, uh, I, when these movies do go out of print, I get like, I get all giddy, like, oh, now it's, now my such and such crazy weird slasher thing that almost no one watched from 1980 is worth a hundred bucks. I, lo- I love that. Go rabid grandpas. Yes, rabid. <laughs> Rabid first cousins, brothers, sisters, wives, ex... Nah, no. No, keep going. Uh, <laughs> what does that make uh, us? Absolutely uh, nothing. Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I love my original Arrow Slipbox Blu-rays. And since, since these have all gone out of print pretty much, they've gotten better releases. We're now at that, we're now in that age to where Blu-rays are getting newer releases and rightly so like you watch the old versus the new and it's like wow that looks like a dvd and now it's now it looks like it should look and a lot of these older arrow slip box blu-rays fall into that category uh, some i actually own the the quote-unquote better versions of but something about those slip box versions that were it's kind of like the big box vhs they only came out with a certain number of them and it wasn't for many movies but I have them, I believe I have every single one of them. And the last one that they did was either Fulci's Zombie or Mario Bava's Black Sunday. But I have them both. And I have them both. Well, no, I have a Zombie Sealed, which I will never, never, yeah. ever open that Blu-ray. That is worth a pretty penny. Because they only made, I believe, 300 of those. Oh, so wow. I, th- that is, yeah. wow. That's, I mean, there's limited and then there's limited. Yeah, so I just I get into that stuff. I love uh, that rare limited stuff. The Metallica, which is odd that I'm even saying Metallica and something like this, but their first Blu-ray that they came out with was called. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce the French uh, title for this, but it basically stands for French for One Night, and it's uh, Metallica performed in Nimes in this big coliseum, and I got the Blu-ray. And I remember I was in Africa uh, shooting a video for a company with my wife and. I get back from Africa and this beautiful thing is waiting for me in the mail. That, I mean, it was the, like literally the flight from hell flying like 30 hours back from Africa and I, we're jet lagged. We haven't slept in God knows how long. And then there was our stack of mail and in that mail was 
this Metallica Blu-ray that came from the UK. And I was so giddy. And it was, it still is probably my favorite concert on uh, home media, especially Blu-ray. I have several other Metallica Blu-rays now, but this is the best. Just because of the way it was filmed, the atmosphere there, and it is now out of print because I guess one of the audio tracks is wonky or something, which it was like, it wasn't the really primo audio track. It was one of the lesser audio tracks that I never even really would have tested out, but they discontinued this Blu-ray. So it is, it's been long out of print, but I have it. And I've watched that thing so many times. It is the definitive Metallica concert. And, uh, yeah, that's like, that's one of my prized possessions on Blu-ray, which is odd that it's a concert video, but uh, not necessarily. Just, I, uh, Slipknot disaster pieces is, in my opinion, still the granddaddy of, of concerts ever. Uh, I, I have it on DVD. Is that, have they released a Blu-ray of that yet? I don't know if they've released that, but Slipknot does actually have a Blu-ray of, of them, and it's it's okay. It's outside, and it's, eh, I've, I've, it's... I think I've seen just about every one they've put out, and Disaster Pieces is the best thing ever, and everything else they've put out has sucked. Like, not just yep. been meh, it's sucked. It's because they recorded the audio on that one, and, like, very well. Let's put it that way. Because it's 5-1 on the DVD. So it, it makes a huge difference on a sound system. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Same with Metallica. That's why th- that Metallica sound, th- that sound on that Blu-ray is incredible. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's, um, that's my, those are, I, and I know if I would go through my, through my stack, I could find some other stuff. And I, I think you could too, because I know that you've got some, some, uh, Blu-rays that are now out of print. I know that we've talked about it a little bit, but. Well, um, you definitely have more of the, you're, you're more, you have more of the, rarer collectible things than I do because you're more into that real underground niche stuff. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's for me, it's more of the stuff that I, I grew up with this. Yay. I can hug yeah. it and watch it whenever I want and love it and call yeah. it my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it cool though? How like we're talking like even like Ace Ventura pet detective. I think there was a Paramount double feature. It was a cheapy Blu-ray, but I believe like just as an example, I think that's out of print and it goes for a lot of money. Wow. So it's, it's just some of these bigger movies. It just, I don't know if part of it is because streaming is so accessible now that some of the studios just don't, they don't, they're not as apt to print more of, you know, press more of these Blu-rays. And it's like, they just let them go out of print and maybe, maybe they might release it down the road again, but some of them go out of print and that's it. Yeah. I know my devil's advocate DVD is one that, uh, it got, it got a little bit of re-editing, and I think it was maybe like five seconds they took out of it because it had a statue or something that, uh, oh man, copyright so, or something. No, it was something uh, offensive with Muslims or something. Maybe I, I can't remember. It's been so long, but I, I do know that I, I since I grabbed one of the and the reason that I have that movie is because it was one of the things where you buy the DVD player and then you send in the card and they send you five movies and you get to pick your five movies. And it just so happened that I got one of the very early copies of Devil's Advocate. And it was the one that was unedited because they re-edited it and took out this painting that was some Muslim thing in the background. Maybe it wasn't Muslim thing. Maybe it was a copyright thing. I don't know. Um, and I'm trying to think. Oh, now. Okay. It's going to say there was a Muslim prayer in a video game that caused people to pull it from their shelves and get rid of it. It was some fighting game. And I snagged it up. I still have it somewhere down in the basement. The It's an Xbox fighting game. And it had some... One of the levels had some Muslim prayer as music in the background. 
And then huh, 9-11 happened and people got a pissy about that shit. And then so we got to pull that and get rid of it and can't have any of that. And I think I have it somewhere. <laughs> Not cool. Anyway. I didn't even think about video games. If those become rare or collectible or, I mean, we're talking like the old school stuff I'm guessing does. The old school stuff definitely does, especially the weirder stuff. But there's also the the big hitters from like the PlayStation era now is becoming valuable. As far as uh, the ones that were super popular for the Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine were on PlayStation one, and I bought them about the PlayStation two era. I found them in a exchange store. I'm like, oh, I should pick these up just because everybody loves them, and I got them for a cu- I mean a couple of bucks. And now I go to a exchange store, and on the shelf they're twenty, thirty, forty, fifty bucks. Oh, wow, I, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that stuff. I do too. <laughs> and I, but I like wonder, like, do you think stuff like the original Nintendo and the Sega Master System, the Genesis, like, in really good condition? Do you think there's some, yep. some pretty rare stuff? Oh yeah, there? The, some of those games are worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they're so hard to find. The rare ones. There are people that collect yeah. NES games, and uh, some of those games are are they're, they're tough to find, so they go for a lot of money. They're also the ones that are still like in the box. And have mm-hmm. the instructions, and okay, that jacks the price through the roof. And every once in a while, I see one that's still sealed, original. Ugh, five hundred dollars oh, so for a, a wow. original Zelda game. Seriously? I don't know what. I'm just throwing oh, a number okay. out there, but I'm, they're like, hundreds Whoa. and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Very, yeah. very, very expensive. And that's really cool. I'm not that much of a collector, though. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Okay, well, that's it. That's all I've got. All right. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, let's go on to Recently Watched and maybe try and bring some comedy to this episode. I mean, I know this has been entertaining, but uh, well, let's try and make some jokes. Yeah. Here come the dick, dick jokes. Yep, dick and fart and poopy and... I, that, by the way, that, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've listened to the poopoo head and farty head. And, I, didn't, I didn't mean to make that intro sound like you were just oh, listing things. It just happened it that way. It was hilarious. <laughs> let's try to do that again, shall we? Mm. Oh, I get to go first. Okay. Need to pour a drink for a uh, third segment? Oh, I've been t- I've been drinking gin and I'm like, well, we're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I got all this back shit I could talk about, but uh, I'd rather talk about VHS. National. I mean, I thought I heard National Let, so that means National Lampoon, and I'm going to, can I guess? Go ahead, guess. Loaded Weapon? Loaded Weapon 1! Which I picked up on VHS for stupid cheap, I just could not resist. Even though I am shot on the um, (laughs) story behind National Lampoon, the movie itself, I was like, I kind of remember laughing a few times. And I laughed a few times. It's also a ridiculous, stupid parody movie. Yeah. Is that the one where in the beginning they're in this convenience store and all these video cameras, like these yeah. surveillance cameras, are like hovering over Estevez? I think. Yep. Yep. That was hilarious. That's like the only thing I remember about that movie, and I'm like, that's that's genuinely funny. Oh, I I didn't remember that at all, and I was like, that is so stupid. Well, uh, I, I haven't <laughs> seen it since the VHS days, but I remember. Oh, that was funny stuff. Uh, video cameras. Yeah, filming. I was like, this is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, there were other. other Plenty of parts in the movie that were funny enough that I was like, okay, I'll just go with it. And, you know, I kind of buy these VHS movies based on how do I want to own them? The quality of the movie. What What is it worth? 
Will I buy Conan on Blu-ray? Absolutely. But it's nostalgia for me to have it on VHS. Some of these other movies that I bought, they're only worth a VHS. Like Loaded Weapon 1. I'm not going to upgrade from that. It was worth 50 cents. I'll pop it in once every 10 years and be like, all right, there you have it. (laughs) Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, Okay, over to you, sir. So, uh, Amazon Prime has uh, had this resurgence of older 80s movies, which you know me, I love me some 80s. So on Amazon, much like other streaming sites, uh, if you click on one, then you might also like. So Amazon recently released a plethora of old 80s, um, how would I, I'm not even sure how to pronounce, what to call these things, Rambo ripoffs, but Vietnam exploitation, maybe? Sure. Let's just, yeah, from the land of macaroni, of course. They're all from the land of macaroni, which is... <laughs> Perfect for me. Uh, so I click on one, and I'm like, strike commando, add. I'm like, POW, uh, double target, add. Um, uh, POW camp, add. Cobra mission, add. Warbus, I have added like 15 of these complete shit Homosexual movies. pornographic films. Oh, strike commander! Strike I mean, command, just double impact, just double boom, 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 double Rambo, bears and twinks and. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is back in the bareback. Okay, we're not okay. Yeah, so yeah, please, strike commander. I, I don't like to do the show when I have a hard on. Yeah. <laughs> So let's start with Strike Commando, shall we? Directed sure. by Bruno, Bruno Matai, also known as Vincent Dawn. Bruno Matai directed <laughs> Night of the Zombies. You're not dissuading me from these being uh, uh, homosexual pornographic films. Oh, there's oh, – just hold on. Oh. Uh, I'm so sorry, what was it? Strike Dawn or Strike – uh, Strike Commando. Commando, of course. Directed by Bruno Matai, written by Claudio Fagra- Gasso, and you actually know who this guy is. That name does uh, sound he, familiar. Yes, he goes by Clyde Anderson in the movie, the, like written by Clyde Anderson. He was the guy that they did uh, a documentary on Troll 2. Oh, 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 okay. That guy. So there's your, that's where, that's the level that we're on. And literally, that is the quality of this movie. Something about a Guy, Reb Brown is the actor's name, which that name is great. Reb Brown. I mean, we're talking just ass-slamming fun. Uh, he plays Cy- Sergeant Mike Ransom. Uh, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, and he's over in the Nam and doing things with his shirt off and greased up. And him and a Russian guy are wrestling and they bonk heads. At one point, they literally bonk heads. Like, they <laughs> they run at each other and they... Their heads slam into each other, and they—they they, it does like a Three Stooges bonk. Like, oh, this is great. So lots of shooting and killing, and just head bonking, sp- spaghetti action. Yeah, lots of he- of head bonking. But anyway, it was it was awful, and I want this on Blu-ray so bad because it's such a shitty movie. But it's in the best way possible. So some of the uh, just wait. Some of these are like genuinely awful, but then some of them are. Like this, where it's like, that was a blast. It needs a legit remaster because it's going to be even better. And it's going to be $30 and I'll buy it. (laughs) 
So that's Strike Commando. Um, next up, let's go from uh, good, bad, good, bad, or whatever, uh, whatever you want to call that, to a genuinely uh, awful, shitty movie. And that would be Cobra Mission. And uh, Cobra Mission, uh, also known as Operation Nam from 1986, directed by Fabrizio D'Anglesi. Clyde. Clyde. It's Clyde again, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, here he goes by Larry Ludman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Uh, well, this director, Fabrizio D. No, 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 no. Just go. He goes by Larry what now? He goes by Larry Ludman. Just, Seriously. I'm just, just going to yeah. write this down. He goes. Yeah. Larry Ludman. He goes um, by Larry. Spell Ludman for me, sir. L-U-D-M-A-N. Well, His goes, name was Larry he goes Ludman. By Larry Ludman. That, that will be the title of this episode. <laughs> Carry on. Starring o- Oliver Tobias and other non-actors. This one here <laughs> my is Larry and my other brother Larry. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> maybe. Um, things happen in the woods-ish area where Marines decide to go to Asia to talk tough to each other and. Be shirtless sometimes, and then some boom boom happens. By boom boom, I mean explosions. Oh, um, I, I thought something else. And that. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, Donald Pleasance is in this, and he's just awful. Awful. Awful Donald Pleasance. Not good Donald Pleasance. Awful. Um, and then the movie ends, and I wanted to kill myself. I hate it. I, I hated this movie. Oh, it was Donald um, Pleasance with bad presence. Very, very oof, bad. And he was like, it, you could tell he knew he was in a really shitty movie. And it's just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do because I'm Donald Pleasance in a really bad movie and I, my health isn't good and I don't care. He's like, I may be Donald Pleasance, but the rent still needs paid, bitch. And it, I guess, maybe barely got paid. But Cobra Mission, <laughs> which is, a, that's the best part of the movie is the name because that's a pretty cool name. Well, it depends. What yeah. is Cobra's mission? Nothing. Are we talking just, about the snake? Are we talking about Sly? What are we talking about here? What What is random, the Cobra's mission? Random dudes walking around, not doing much. The end. Okay, back to you. <laughs> oh, what a fun round. Um. Oh, and I should I should I should mention real quick. Um, the German title of this movie is Director der Wildgeisen. So something about the wild geese is in there too. So just saying, just in case you're interested, that might be a wild geese part three or whatever that. Uh, Something. Larry Ludman. That's his name. <laughs> I'm done. Anything now. else? I, I, no, I, I don't I'm, know how to, where to go from that. It, I, what, I, we I, went from cobras to geese and Larry Ludman. <laughs> <laughs> cobras, geese, Larry Ludman, the end. <sighs> That's that, that might be the title. I don't know. We'll, we'll work this all in somehow. Okay. Another round of VHS for me. Um, Steven Seagal, marked for death. <laughs> How is that for perfect timing? Mark for death, insert barking. <laughs> um, wow. I thought I had seen all of Seagal's filmography, at least back in the VHS days. I'm not even sure if I've ever seen this one. I think I might have, but I gotta say, this one was ripe for being our next commentary track. The only reason that I'm kind of saying, eh, we'll find another Seagal movie is because it's a little long, and not necessarily runtime, because it's only 90 minutes, but there there are huge gaps where um, 
there, nothing's happening and people are just kind of chatty and talking and it's like there, there, there's nothing there. Once you get into the action bits of it, I was mystery science theatering this thing up like crazy. I was howling with laughter at this movie. If you haven't seen this movie in a while, don't remember quite what it's like because I remembered nothing of it. I had a ball watching this movie again. And so will you. I was laughing my ass off. Um, I haven't seen that since VHS days. You should check it out again because holy shit. Uh, this is going to be my last one for the night. Air America with Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. You remember this one? I do. Pick this one up on VHS today. And I still like it. It's a decent flick. It's a little conflicted as far as its tone. Like, it bounces back and forth between comedy and drama a little weirdly. Um, it, it's like the first act is comedy, the second act is drama, and then it just, there's this snap jump cut to trying to mix the two of them. And it, there was a section of the film that felt like they uh, lost something in editing, or there was a cut made. I, it just, they were lost in the jungle, and they were trying to make a deal to get back home with some of the natives, and then it was just over, and they were back home, and everything was fine, and they didn't even talk about it. It was like, wait, what just happened there? That was weird. They, uh, they went from saying, it's a two-day hike that way, to just, oh, now we're having a meeting again, and we're fine. It's like, uh, huh? But... Nonetheless, it's, it's still an enjoyable film, and it's kind of one of those decade films I'll pull out every once every decade and just go, oh, I should check that out again. And then you go watch, oh, yeah, I kind of remember, and there's some funny bits here and there, and some, uh, it's fine. <laughs> Never watched it. It's worth a VHS. I, you should check it out. I mean, you and your wife would like it, I think, well enough. But uh, it's not one that I'm like, oh, my God, you got to see this thing. On the other hand, it's not terrible. So what made you watch that? Like what? I bought it on VHS. Okay, it was so... one that I had rented in the in the VHS days. You know, I was very limited in my mom and pop VHS store. I know that every once in a while we could, I could convince my parents to make the five mile journey to your store where we actually had a selection. But for the most part, it was me biking up the hill on my uh, bicycle to go to the Dutch to the cupboard. Oh, yes. And what you got there was just rando. Just completely rando. <laughs> some good stuff, some meh. Oh, just random. They would have things in the action genre that should be in horror, and they'd have stuff in the thriller section that... And I say section very loosely, because we're talking about one room that's about mm, 15 by 15, maybe. Yeah. Just, yep. I, I, I remember that well. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Eh, good times in, in memory. In memory. In memory. At the yeah. time, it was like, you ain't got shit. I guess I'll rent Air America again. <laughs> I do remember that they they were not able to rent uh, horror movies. Like, they would not carry horror movies there. And I... Yeah, yeah. There's small town America. It's yep. Whatever. Yep. I, I, You'd have to go out to the surly, evil video connection in... Uh, in your neck of the woods. Have, that's where you'd have to go to rent that stuff. Yeah, my neck now, not back then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I got what I could. That's what that's what we had available. Anyway. So there you go. Marked for Death in Air America. And guess what? Delta's coming soon a little bit. There's going to be more VHS in the future. But before then, I'll let you have another round. Okay. Um, next up is Double Target. Directed by... Vincent Dawn, written by Clyde Anderson. Uh, 
starring Miles, o- Miles O'Keefe. And you might want to ask, how much Keefe? Miles. Miles of O'Keefe. Miles of Miles O'Keefe. And Donald Pleasance is in this, and Bo Svensson is in this. And I'm happy to report that this movie is just awful. Just terrible. All hour and 42 minutes of it that I, that I sat through. Uh, something about a buff dude with long hair and shirtless that goes to Asia again and a Vietnam something and, uh, grass huts explode every now and then. Oh, and he's after his, yeah, that's right. I remember now he's trying to get his long lost son who is just a, just a stupid little shit. And then they go on an adventure trying to get out of wherever they are and stupid things happen. And so what was the, du- think- what was the double target? Uh, well, him and his son, because reasons. Uh, but Miles O'Keefe, folks, he was something all right. Um, the, I like the cover of the VHS. It's Raging Battles, Flaming Infernos, and Mortal Combat. Double target. So that. Uh, it was awful. Um, Sounds uh, uh, sexy as hell from where I'm sitting. Uh, next. Yeah. Next is, um, uh, POW The Escape. <laughs> Starring David Carradine as a tough army dude guy that tries to rescue POWs. And it's a blatant Rambo ripoff. Uh, but, but, there is at least some sort of an added level of production values because Carradine's in it. And it, it felt a little bit, like, it wasn't, it didn't get to the craziness that Strike Commando was. But it felt like, eh, from the 80s, this is kind of a, more of a... More of a legit Rambo ripoff, uh, but lots of machismo going on and flexing. And there's there's one guy that like there's no reason that he is uh, he's like a POW and Carradine's rescuing him and he's just a prick the whole way through and he's always doing the wrong things and it's like why are you doing that, dude? It's like you're you're getting rescued but you're you're being a prick and something about gold is being stolen. He's trying to steal gold from the from the uh, Vietnamese and. But he comes to a, he, he realizes in the very end after turning away this prostitute that he's like, oh, maybe my life isn't on the right track. So he sacrifices. This is, I can't believe I'm talking about this stuff. <laughs> I just he like, sacrifices I just, himself, himself for the better of, of David Carradine. I just and, like looking at the titles of all the movies that we've re- reviewed tonight. And it really just looks like a hodgepodge of 80s action um uh, fill in the blank action movie. We could rearrange any of these words and it would st- just uh, be an ad lib of eighties action. We got, um, uh, America camp, uh, marked for commando, um, death mission. <laughs> they all work. Sure. Just mix all these Why words not? up. It, it comes yeah. out just fine. Yeah. Let's keep going. War bus is next. <laughs> Wait, is that real? This is about a... That's a real title. Uh, it's about a school bus that um, that uh, military is in that uh, that's going across war-torn Vietnam, I guess. Because why? I'm not sure. Wasn't but, that um, called Stripes with Bill Murray? Yeah, that was, that was actually a good movie. Oh. This is... Yeah, War Bus. There is a guy in here that I've... I, Daniel Steven, I think. Uh, that's what... That's got to be him. Um... Yeah, he was also in 2020 Texas Gladiators and Warrior of the Lost World and other things that exist. Uh, but here they're in a school bus. And that's about all I need to say about that. Yeah, the, the director here is, uh, Ferdinando 
Baldi, also known as Ted Kaplan. So Ted Kaplan, folks. Or Ferdinando. Good God. Uh, uh all right. And then oh. to, to, to wrap up my war series. Sure. I'm like, please, I've got to watch something actually like legit. So I ended it with Rambo First Blood Part Two on Blu-ray. That was great. And it actually felt like I was watching an Oscar winning, like, triumph of cinema watching that movie after this plethora of fecal matter. Um, I like that movie. I think I like that movie. Oh, yeah, Rambo's... Actually, I have come around... Last night, I came around on that one. I'm like, you know, it's it's 80s excess, but it is a legitimately good action movie. And it moves at a great clip. Production values are good. Stallone's... Everything about that movie is just fun. And the first one is pretty heavy. Um, I still prefer the first one, but this is... I've come around. This is a great movie. It really is. Part two is my first Rambo. I think the first blood was actually my first one. I actually went in order one, two, three, four, but uh, that's a, that's a good movie. Yep. And then I was, I'm, I'm still like, so first blood part two ends and I'm like, I'm not tired. Actually, I was tired. So I'm like, I must keep going on this whole war kick. So I popped in hamburger Hill, of course. Oh God. Why? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I fell asleep immediately and I'm drinking lap and the rest is history. You saw the picture. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, I'm speechless. I don't. I, there, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of times was, where I'm like, I'm gonna, I gotta watch an '80s war thing. It's never Hamburger Hill ever. I know. It's, it was so random. I'm like, yeah, Rambo Part Two kicked ass. I'm like, what next? I'm like, like, I'm so Hamburger I'm, Hill. I'm way too happy. I gotta be miserable yeah. now. Oh, and I started watching it, and I'm like, yeah. Oh. And I'm like, I'm watching it and watching it, and then they get to the jungle. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, oh no. Ah, oh, this is sad. <laughs> Fast asleep. Fast asleep. I like how you and say now that. Here we are. I like how you say that like there's a happy part of that movie. Like the first part's okay, like, you know, full metal jacket, <laughs> the training session, but then we get to the dark and disturbing part. No no no. There's no part of that movie that is as happy or go lucky no. or anything yeah. even the, that yeah. you want to Even the way it was filmed. Like right from the get go, it's it's just dirty and depressing and and I'm like, okay, here we go. We're getting another characters. I'm like, oh, all of which are going to be completely massacred within the next half hour. Yep. Oh, so hey. that's what I'm going to be watching after the show. Yeah, it's good times. Finish you up. Finish that up. Yep. Well, that sounds Probably. horrible. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's my thing. I didn't even get the Hellraiser part twenty five. Uh, yeah, and I, I oh. held off watching that one until I can hear your review of it. I guess I get another week or two free of Hellraiser sequels. That sucks. Yes, you do. Yeah, and you you hinted at, at uh, thirteen hours as well, didn't you? I didn't get around to that either. I've I've been too caught up in uh, VHS. I mean, how am I giving you shit about Hamburger Hill <laughs> while I'm watching VHS movies? Okay, let's get on to coming soon, and we're gonna wrap this up. Okay. Oh no! I'm up first. Uh, okay, coming soon for me is I'm gonna give Firewalker another attempt. My new copy. Hopefully, it is in better shape than my previous one. Uh, Alien Nation. Do you remember that show? Yes. And I have the movie. Oh no, kidding! That was one of the VHSs wow. I got today. I, you know, I'm not sure if I've ever watched that one. I don't know either. I I know I watched the show a time or two, but so you're not sure if you've watched the movie. I don't know. I, I have it on VHS, and I'm yeah. going to watch it soon. And um, now you shall. The original The Getaway with Steve McQueen and McGraw, uh, Mannequin, is a canon classic. 
that I used to rent multiple times for multiple reasons. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> Flight of the Intruder. I got uh, Crocodile Dundee. I hesitated on this one, buying this VHS, but it's the ori- I got the original packaging Crocodile Dundee. I just couldn't pass it up for 50 cents. What the hell? It's worth that. And lastly, uh, a Val Kilmer movie called Kill Me Again? I don't know. I couldn't pass it up because it's a... It says May 1990 screening cassette. It was one. It was a screener that they would send out to mom-and-pop video stores mm-hmm. where they normally would put a half an hour of three movies on a tape, but they started to complain like we'd like to watch the whole movie, so they sent... This one was one of the first ones, I guess, according to the box and what it says. One of the first ones that they sent where it's like, hey, here's the whole feature. And this is not for sale or rental. And I bought it because it's got a cool (laughs) case and it's Val Kilmer and so why not? Of course. I also got a handful of VHSs that I'm just putting back into the collection, like uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Again... I can't pass that up because it's one that I used to rent all the time, and I've got, I found it with the original, original release, VHS cassette and cover art and everything. Um, what else was there? Hold on. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Oh, that's a good one. And... Well, by good I mean it's something. Yeah. And Escape from New York, a director's special edition. Could not pass up on these VHSs. Not to say I, cool. I don't I don't own them in other formats. It's just I want that. It's an original artwork thing, and I I love it. So I will I, I picked them up, and they're uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. I am not going to be rewatching because I've watched it before, and I just I watched it on um, uh, Pluto TV here in the last month. I just haven't got around to re- reviewing it again, so I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, over to you. What do you got coming soon? Okay, so uh, Hamburg Hill, yeah, I've got that. Let me write down uh, happy, happy, fun time. That's what I'm going to write yep, down. Yep, yep, I got that. Um, and then, um, so Full Moon was doing a sale on Blu-rays, so another Puppet Master part. It's the last one that I don't have, I believe, because why not collect Puppet Master movies? They're all so oh, good. Oh, you bought 37 uh, of them. Why stop now? Why stop now? Yeah, and Dr. Mordred, uh, you remember that one? Jeffrey Combs. Nope. Yeah, that's something. Uh, barbed wire dolls from Jess Franco, which, uh, man, I'm in for it. Uh, what else? Uh, doll man versus demonic toys, I think was one of them that I bought. I can't believe the shit that I bought. Anyway, I can. uh, I can. can. (laughs) It's for our listeners' amusement. Mm -hmm. Uh Sure it is. Uh (laughs) Uh, what else? Um,. Uh, actually, I am going to watch uh, Missing in Action Part 2. I'm not sure why I'm on this world or Vietnam kick right now, but I am for some stupid reason. That I'll watch that. As long as you uh, and top I didn't get... it off with Apocalypse Now, you're good to go. Well, I watched that one fairly recently, so it probably will not be that. But I am probably gearing up for another viewing of Full Metal Jacket. So that might be like the closer on the... Well, you still haven't watched the, the director's the cut. I have not. I have never watched it. Well, and don't don't do it after a Vietnam binge. You'll you'll be so burned out you won't like it. Yeah, I will tell you that Apocalypse Now is it that continues to grow. Like every time I watch that, I like it more and more. Yep, fantastic movie. Me too. But uh, and then I, you know me. Next week, God only knows what I'm going to end up having watched. It's. Uh, <laughs> 
it's like you're weary of your own choices. It's like I am. Seriously, sometimes I'm like, what am I gonna watch? I'm like, I guess that. And then after it's done, I'm like, all right, time to go to bed. <laughs> Rinse, repeat. Oh, uh, one. Eventually, you're gonna come around on this VHS rebuying thing that I'm on. You're gonna get on this kick. You're gonna get a CRTV oh, set up somewhere in the in in one of the corners of your house, much like. Like an arcade cabinet. It's just going to be a bit of nostalgia. You you come up to it and you'll just plop in your VHS and it looks actually okay on a CRTV. So I, I'm going to get you into this addiction. The question is, will, will the, the question is, will the VHS player be the one that like the real old school one that the, the, the thing pops up like the, the, where you put the VHS tape in, it pops up. I've, and you have to... here's the thing. I've, I've got one VCR. It's a VCR DVD combo. And I don't like that one bit. I have been stopping by a couple of thrift stores, and they have regular VCRs here and there. And occasionally I come across some of those ones that are pop-ups. And I want to buy a couple of VCRs to have as backup. Do I go for the old hardcore ones that were built to last forever that do the pop-up thing? Or do I go for one that looked like it came out uh, within the last 10 years? Yeah. Cuz I want to Cause I want to have more than one cuz they're done making VCRs. Yeah. You know, isn't and not to go on one more rant, but just you ha- you actually bring up a good point. Like back when VHS came out, those big tanks were like really built well. And even like with DVD, when DVD came out, those players were built like big brick shit houses. Yeah. And Blu-ray. When Blu-ray came out, those players were big and bulky and they still work versus the cheap the cheap little tiny things that come out now. It's that's kind of interesting to me. Now we're now we're going. No, that's no, it's fine. <laughs> we're movie freaks. That's what we do. But I, I yeah. am going to buy. Uh, I think I I have my eyes set on a couple of uh, VCRs here in the next couple of months. I would like to buy at least one, maybe two, just to. I've got three laserdisc players just for backup. I want to have them somewhere just in case. And I kind of feel the same way about the the VCR because I'm. On this uh, VHS tear, I feel like I need to get something just as backup because I only have one. I used to have like three of them, but yeah. They... Do you uh, do you still have your original VHS or DVD player? Uh, no. We both bought ours close to the same time, no, and I still no, have no. mine. You bought yours uh, a year or two before I bought mine. Because mine was three hundred seventy-five dollars, and I still have it. It's a Zenith. I remember. I think looks I re- awesome. I remember going to buy mine. And I spent $299 on it. And it came with one free DVD. It was going to be one of five, but and it was just random. So guess what my very first DVD was. I want to say Batman and Robin. It was Batman and Robin. Okay. <laughs> and, and mine was, uh, I think, a Jamie Foxx movie. It was a... I was so not good. I don't... It's not a good movie. I'm not. Yeah. Our, our, our the first, descriptions the first, the, tonight have been awesome. Bigly, badly, poorly. It was so not good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Trump freaks. Wow, you're wearing the Star Trek shirt, and I just took it off today in favor of my moon shirt. Oh, good. We God. almost showed up again to another podcast with the same damn Star Trek shirt. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. And I'm Eric Marner, and we have to say goodnight. Good night. Yep. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to Movie Freaks. If you would like to get a hold of us, or drop us a line, or tell us you liked a review, or hated a review, or you disagree, or agree, or anything at all, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. You can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter, at moviefreakspod. Thanks for listening.